everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Don't Be So Dramatic. My name is Rachel and this is the podcast where I talk to different people in the entertainment industry to discover what their job involves and how they got there. For this week's episode, I have with me Anita Annabelle. Anita is an entertainment editor and journalist. She's a podcaster. She's a voiceover artist, MC, and presenter. She does it all. (laughs) Before she started her Bachelor of Communications in Journalism at the age of 29, Anita was actually a wedding planner and family photographer before she followed her passion to work in the entertainment industry. Anita has recently stepped into the role of Head of Entertainment at Media Week. As well as all of this, she's also a psychic who has previously done readings for a plethora of celebrities that she has interviewed. She's not currently doing readings as a psychic, so do not go sliding into her DMs asking her to do a reading for you. She is a busy woman with so many more amazing things that she's currently doing. She is such a boss woman. Um, I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you're not following us on Instagram, you can with the links down below. And without further ado, let's jump in. Anita, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. I'm so excited for you to be here. I'm so excited also. I'm so excited I interrupted you. That's how excited (laughs) I am. That's how excited, (laughs) which is probably just going to be a lot of back and forth of us just being like, I know, I'm I I hope that everyone's in for a friendly chat. Yes, a high-pitched friendly chat (laughs) because that's what women do when they're having fun. I know. Where's the tea? I feel like you need to give me some tea to sip so I can spill the tea. (laughs) All over the (laughs) table. All over the table. (laughs) (laughs) This is called Don't Be So Dramatic, but do be so dramatic. Oh, my God. It's speaking my language, girl. (laughs) Speaking my language. (laughs) Oh, my God. So we usually start out asking where people's interest started in the entertainment industry because you're an entertainment journalist and editor. I am. So I'm curious, where did your interest start? So right now I'm actually the head of entertainment at Media Week. Yes, So um, a new job, new title, Mm -hmm. very splashy, um, worked very hard to get up there. So I always got to like slide that in there. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, but the the way that I started is is kind of a bit, a bit funny. Mm-hmm. I've had a ton of jobs throughout my career of life. Um, I've been a photographer, I've been a wedding executive, and at the age of 29, I decided to throw everything at a new career, mm-hmm. and I went back to uni to study journalism. Mm-hmm. But my actual major, major passion for entertainment started when I was a kid. I had TV hits posters all over my room. Mm-hmm. I had smash hit posters all over my room, Backstreet Boys, NSYNC. I had Jonathan Taylor Thomas. I was always really, really obsessed with celebrity and pop culture. Okay. So one thing that I always found that I would do, and interestingly, like I still can't remember when the internet started. So, you know. Yeah, yeah. it just kind of crept in. <laughs> kind of was it? there, right? Then, yeah. yeah. It feels like it was there in my formative years. <laughs> And um, I used to watch things and then I would search IMDb Mm -hmm. and find out where people, how old they were, Mm -hmm. what else they'd been in. Mm -hmm. So I've always had that real passion for entertainment. And then, to be honest, I remember when I was working in weddings, this one day I tweeted about The Bachelor Mm. and it was when Nikki Gogan was overlooked for uh, um, Alex had to think about that for a second because it was so long ago when Richie chose Alex over Nikki Gogan. Oh, yeah. And I remember tweeting about it and I literally, this is spoiler alert, I watched like three episodes of the show, Um, but I remember tweeting about it and Punky Mm -hmm. retweeted it in one of their stories. Oh. And I was like, I can do this. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it was like, no, I can do this. And so I was like, I love entertainment. I want to do it as a job. And I, like I said, went back to uni, then got an internship at The Fix at Channel 9. Mm -hmm. And I literally just worked my way up. Didn't even finish my degree. Wow. Yeah. That's so it's what interests me is like, obviously going into a degree at 29, if I were to do that, I hate writing and like assignments and stuff like that. I recently had to do something for work to upskill myself. I didn't even finish the course because I was like, I'm not going to write something down. I can do the thing, but I'm not going to do the assignment. So how is that for you? 
being, you know, because 29, you can't, you know what you, you want, like, you know what you're good at, you know what your way of learning is. How is it going back to uni to do part of a degree? Look, part of a degree. (laughs) Love that. Um, look, it was, I loved it for the social aspect. Okay. Um, I've always kind of, you know, resonated with people who are younger than me. Like, so it was actually a lot of fun, that kind of aspect. But what I found is for this particular degree and because of my life experience, I found that doing the job and just getting the hands-on experience, that's what worked for me. Yeah. Doing the, I loved I, I, don't get me wrong, like I actually learned a lot in the two years that I did. I did two years of a three-year degree. You'd think like, hey, Anita, why wouldn't you just finish the degree? Don't I ask myself that every to. day, but don't <laughs> need to. Um, but it's one of those things where you just, I by year two, I was just like, I just want to get in there and do it. I've been working yeah. in the workforce for so yeah. long and I really struggled being a 29-year-old intern. Really, yeah. really, really struggled. But doing the assignments and things, that was that was fine because mm. my day-to-day job is writing. So yeah. oh, you yeah, have to I have a passion so. yeah. for writing. That's true. Whereas me, I'm like, no, I'll just talk it out. Yeah. <laughs> but also, you know, I'll never forget, um, and I'm going to name and shame, mm-hmm. uh, Jenna Price, if you're <laughs> listening, uh, Jenna Price said to me, she's a uni lecturer, and mm. she said to me, you're not going to make it in this industry because you haven't got an internship. And it was like the second year, she said, you're never going to make it in this industry. You don't have an internship yet. And then a couple of weeks later, I got an internship at The Fix and it was absolutely who I knew. I went to high school with one of with one of the editors. Mm. But then by the time year two finished, I was already in a full-time job at KISS. Mm. So I'd really like it is about getting in there, getting your hands dirty and just learning on the job. That's, mm. That is my opinion. Yeah. I absolutely think everyone should go to uni if they want to. Um, but I think that some of these degrees, they don't need to go for as long as that they do. No. And I think you, you need much more skill by actually getting in there and doing it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I feel like with jobs, like when you do get to late 20s, early 30s, late 30s, mm. Early 40s. Um, it actually, no one's like, oh, and what degree What degree did you get? Yeah. Yeah, like what's your HSC or what, you know, I don't even know what they call it anymore. I think it's still called ATAR. I used to be at UAI. That's how old I am. Yeah, I just changed (laughs) just as I was in year 12. Oh, how funny, to ATAR. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Yeah, but people don't ask. No, people don't care. No. It's like what experience do you have? It's the experience. Yeah. And I think my life experience really helped that with mm. that I was able to you know I'd been in corporate jobs I'd been in so many times jobs oh my goodness anyone listening if you have changed your job 70,000 times it does not matter you just mm-hmm. need to follow where your passion lies and if your yeah. passion is photography one year and weddings the next and journalism the next year then then go and follow that passion but mm. it's it's yeah like you for me getting that hands-on experience that is what's important yeah and because there is nothing like being thrown in the deep end of a new newsroom when I first started at the fix which is no longer it's now nine honey um when I started at the fix it took me four hours to work to write my very first story couldn't tell you what it was about it was what we call a ride around where yeah. you have already have the information you yeah. just write it for your your uh brand mm-hmm uh, for your website, now I can write 11 stories in a day. <laughs> wow. So, you know, it's like it's just experience, yeah. that experience. You know, yeah. I can manage a team, I can delegate. I'm, my output is so strong mm. in terms of I can interview, I can put out 11 stories, I can do all of that, I can have meetings, I can do all of that in one day, but that is because I've had the experience. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's interesting that you say like you got that internship because of someone that totally. you knew. But our entire entertainment industry is kind of built on who you know. Absolutely. And I don't I don't think that's a bad thing. I think sometimes people look at that negatively and go, oh, well, like they only got that because they knew blah, mm. blah, blah. But it's like you just, you never know who it is in from your past yep. you've had a good connection with Absolutely. that might somewhere be able to give you a leg up. Absolutely. And so I don't think that means like go and try and be friends with every single person <laughs> in the entertainment industry because you won't like a lot of them. <laughs> but it's she just ain't like... wrong there. <laughs> <laughs> you know. <laughs> mm. But, it, you know, I just think it's like I think it's really empowering because you just like you release the control of knowing like who it is who's going to give you that 
one position Absolutely. that's going to give you the experience, you know. It's just yeah. like you're open to the will of the universe or totally. whatever you want to believe in and go, okay, well, like follow your passion and the other stuff will be figured out for yeah. you. I mean, when I was working at The Fix, I was there two months and then I got offered a part-time position. Wow. So, and I did that on my own. Mm. And it, it wasn't because of who I knew. He just got me in the door. Mm-hmm. But one thing I do want to touch on is that the importance of networking. Yeah. Networking in our industry is without a doubt one of the biggest skills mm-hmm. that you need. Mm-hmm. And also sometimes you can't learn it. You can either yeah. be a networker or you're not. Yeah. And for me, I'm very, very fortunate enough that networking is probably one of my strongest skills. Mm-hmm. So every time I do an interview, I slide into the DMs and I say, thank you so much. That was such a great interview. Or I go I and hope introduce I get a myself. after this. Um, obviously. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I already messaged you. <laughs> I was doing it while I was speaking. Um, <laughs> wow, multitasking. I know. I'm so clever. Um, but networking is like, yeah, it's just that is literally it. It's about thanking yeah. someone for their time. Yeah. Sometimes you don't get a response back. Sometimes yeah. Sometimes you'll get a response back in three weeks. Other times you'll get them and then you'll get that cheeky follow afterwards and yeah. then you've got that that core network. And yeah. literally in this podcast studio, you know, I just saw Jules and Chantel who are doing the Maths podcast. Mm-hmm. Literally, I met them both through Jules through podcasting and mm-hmm. Chantel through work. Yeah. And that's like my network. Like it, it, that is just the way that it works yeah. is that you, you just need to kind of open yourself up mm-hmm. and really kind of you never know where anything's going to lead yeah. and also be sincere. So for me, yeah. it's the sincerity. Like I never, ever want to talk to somebody because I want them to give me a leg up. I talk yeah. to them because I genuinely care about these people and I genuinely want to be their friend most of the time. Mm. <laughs> it's true but like in the entertainment industry you know I've been doing this for seven years Mm. and it's so funny like I had a bit of a break last year and now I'm back and and the amount of people that have just welcomed me with open arms yeah you know and I'm back in and like going to events you're running into all of the reality stars and Mm the tv alarm and all of that kind of stuff and you're like this is if I hadn't built those networks and those, you know, I wouldn't have been back in the way that I am. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I I can, I definitely can speak for people who like networking. Like I wouldn't say that networking's not my strong suit. Mm. I'd just say that like if it were my choice, I would just be a little hermit at home. Like I really enjoy being at home. I like, I... I'm not one of those people who gets energy from people. Like I am in the moment, but then when I walk away, I get quite drained. Yeah, you're an introvert extrovert. Exactly. So am I though. Oh, interesting. We're yeah. learning things about each other <laughs> and becoming friends. I know, we're already friends. <laughs> Sliding into the DM again. Yay. Remember that time we called each other friends? <laughs> <laughs> that was so long ago. That was We've been so long ago. I know. Oh, my God. <laughs> but, no, it, I think, like, especially a lot of actors because I think mm. the actors can be very emotional and em- emotional people. Mm-hmm. Um, like, there's a lot of introverts. Yeah. And I think that sometimes they get scared about this idea of networking and then it's kind of awkward and so what you were saying about being genuine is yeah. like the whole idea of networking I think is a really important point absolutely to, you know drive home it's like just be you and like I can tell you there are so many podcasts that I've done where like it sounds like a really good pod- podcast and then after the fact we're like okay thank you bye <laughs> and it's like oh that was awkward yeah but it's like there are going to be awkward times always there's going to be bad experiences of people where you're like I feel like a wanker I feel like I fucked yeah. up and everyone thinks I'm an idiot And then there are going to be times where you meet really lovely people. And so, you know, for all the people that relate to my hermit mode, you do have to go, okay, I don't particularly feel like I want to go and meet a random group of people, Mm. but I'm going to do it. And then we'll just see what happens from it, you know? Totally. And I think like... It's funny that you think that I'm not an introvert, extrovert. I am a huge introvert, extrovert because mm. I love being at home. Mm. I love it. Mm-hmm. I love, 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 love. <laughs> In fact, my flatmate's always like, Anita, get out of bed. And I'm like, I don't want to. <laughs> I work hard I work to hard, be in bro. bed. Yeah. <laughs> Let me go. Um, but it's it's one of those things that you do need to recharge. But 
what I often find is um, there is always a social element of social anxiety element going to an event. You know, the the thing that I really have suffered from is imposter syndrome is Mm -hmm. one thing. And the other thing is also just not feeling good enough in the room. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you've always got when when you're an entertainment journalist in particular, there's this funny joke that goes around in entertainment journalism um, compared to the influencers. You always know mm-hmm. who's an entertainment journalist and who's an influencer based on what they're wearing. <laughs> I don't like to do that. I like to look good. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's... But it is, it's it's that going in and having the confidence, I belong here, I belong mm-hmm. on this red carpet, I belong interviewing to these people, I, interviewing these people, I, be, I belong here. Mm-hmm. And that's something that really I've had to, to really kind of muster the confidence to do because... Mm. Otherwise, you kind of go in there and you're like, oh, I'm just standing in a corner and whatever. Yeah. It is, I'm very lucky, though, because I have built up that network, is that I'm literally I'll get to one place. I might go there by myself and not know, know who's going there at all. And mm-hmm. then you run into 50 different people. You're running around, like, you know, socialising, hugging people, saying hello, talking about their latest project, whatever, mm. you know, saying how are the kids. Like, truly, it is really like that. It's just like... In the, the media industry is so small. Yeah. And you end up finding like your core group of people. It's not clicky. Everyone kind of welcomes each other in. You know, there's a whole new generation coming in underneath us. But it's really, really important that, you know, you have to believe in yourself to know I belong I belong here. Yeah. And the other thing is, is when you do do red carpets and things, like you're you're never on it. You're always either interviewing or you're walking behind it. Um, <laughs> They're ushering you through. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know you're not important when you're being ushered behind. <laughs> oh, my <dolly> um, <laughs> <laughs> Been there, done that. Mm-hmm. In fact, I remember at Channel 7 Upfronts the last year, I was at the Upfronts and they did this fake paparazzi thing and I've never felt more uncomfortable in my life. And they were like, hi, Anita, Anita, hello, hello, put your green jacket, green jacket. I was wearing this amazing green jacket and they were like, green jacket, green jacket. I was like, this is so uncomfortable. I just don't even know if I could even handle this even if I was famous. Yeah, like, you're it's like, crazy. you know what, I prefer being ushered past. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I actually kind of prefer it. But you do. It's it's really about having that confidence and and just don't talk yourself out of it. You know, if you're having a bad day, go because there is so much to be gained from Mm. being in a room full of like-minded people. Mm -hmm. And I have found as well that a lot of the celebrities that are there, they they don't care about you. They don't Mm -hmm. care about anyone else in the room but themselves. Yeah. Especially reality stars, I find. Don't want to generalise, but maybe. (laughs) There are some amazing reality stars and there are ones who, the thing that I'm going to say one thing about the reality stars because I have been doing this with them for a very long time. The thing with reality stars is they are thrust into the limelight Mm -hmm. and 99% of the time they don't have media training. Yeah. (laughs) So or and they don't have training to deal with everything that comes their way. So they they go a couple of ways. They go the first way is a mental health way, Mm -hmm. which is awful and they can't cope. Mm -hmm. The second way is the okay, how can I leverage? Yeah. Who can I leverage? Who's going to get me to my next thing? Mm. Who can make me seen? Yeah. And the third way is kind of they just do their thing and they, you know, they're, they're at things and they they take every opportunity that they can and they network. Mm. So there's always, you know, but I do find just having seen a lot of them, you know, a lot of the time we're coaching them behind the scenes to, mm. to kind of cope with the media, to cope yeah. with whatever. You know, there's been a couple of jobs where I've I've had a lot of friends on TV at the time that I've met from interviewing Mm -hmm. and I've just helped them and gone, you know, this is how you deal with this, this question, don't answer it that way, put out a statement, do this, do that, because we know. And I know if I ever did reality TV now, would absolutely not, and I know my mum's listening so she's probably going to have a heart attack when she actually hears that, but no, (laughs) I would never do reality TV just for a personal thing, Mm -hmm. is that I now know how to go on social media. I now know yeah. how to be out in public. I now know how to do all of these things because I'm trained in the media. But yeah. these, these reality stars aren't. Yeah. And they, they're thrust into the spotlight and they have all of these followers and they don't know what to do with them. Yeah. Well, I think it, yeah, you can say that about um, some actors as well who Absolutely. are like, you know, they get on a Netflix show and they oh, hadn't really done blow anything. Up. Blow up. Yep. And then it's the same thing. It's yep. like, oh, my God, what do I do with this? And it's a really weird kind of thing that social media has brought to our industry. And it kind of like sometimes you don't want to have to deal with it. Yeah. Like, you know, 
specifically as an actor, like my job is to be an actor, why do I have to be concerned with what I'm posting on Instagram? Mm. Because I just want to post what I want to. Absolutely. It's kind of like it's this thing that you do have to consider, unfortunately, Um, in case like some, you know, some people like I just won't have Instagram or a public Instagram or I'll just post very rarely. People want to know more when you don't. I know. The more private someone is, the more they will pry. Yeah. Which is just like. scary. It is. Yeah, it's really, really scary. You can find out lots of things on Google. Uh, absolutely. But it's more that the ones who are very private about their private life, you mm. know, that that's when the that's when the prying happens and that's when the rumours start. Yeah, that's you know, true. I feel, but it, it's like Harry Styles at the moment, you know. Um, he said one thing in his Grammy speech and it has absolutely taken the world by storm. Mm. It has divided people. It has caused a racial conversation. And for him, he was saying that it, he was from a poor background mm-hmm. in his speech. He said, this doesn't happen to me very often. And, you know, one speech at the Grammys has called a worldwide whirlwind. I mean, mm. Harry Styles is Harry Styles. He's, yeah. you know, he's going to cause waves, whatever he does. He's mm. going to make them. But it's just whenever you're in the spotlight and you don't know what you're doing there, mm. one little thing you can say will will create a story. Yeah. Especially in the gossip mags. Mm. One little thing. you can. T- I, I'm telling you now, and I've done this, and, and every other entertainment journalist would be lying if they said that they hadn't, you can literally take one line from Instagram and turn it into a 400-word pa- story. Wow. Yeah. So if it's like, I love dogs. Yeah. And you can write, oh, my God, Rachel Baker captioned her picture this. Yeah. She took to Instagram and she captioned her (laughs) her picture. She captioned her picture with a sweet post. You know, it's so easy. And then, you know, oh, maybe she's got a dog in her future. You know, maybe her and her new partner, Joe, uh, you know, there is, and then you go, oh, and then Joe and then what you do is then Joe and Rachel met at blah, 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 blah. The story can, and then it can get picked up. Wow. Yeah. So so think about it that way is that if you write one thing on Instagram Mm. and it can be perceived, particularly I'm talking negative here, when it's perceived Mm. the wrong way, it will blow up in your face quicker than you can, you wrote it. Mm -hmm. Like, honestly, it's very scary. Yeah. (laughs) But at the same time, where's the balance? Yeah. It's a very, very, very scary, scary, scary balance because you know, do you post? Do you not post? Mm. What do you post? Social media has changed the game for everybody. Mm -hmm. You think about Love Island in the UK, Mm -hmm. they don't just get, they go from 5,000 followers to half a million to a million followers within six months. Yeah. They have had no training and they have to know to post, keep up that facade of of looking good, of wearing the right clothes, of their relationships being picked apart. Mm-hmm. And that's why you'll often find that a lot of the Love Island people will actually put out a statement and say, you know, Luca and Gemma, for instance, from the last season, Luca and Gemma put out a statement as soon as they broke up because they didn't want the speculation. It's mm-hmm. better to go, we've broken up. Yeah. And for people to kind of go scrolling Speculate. and be like, this is when they posted last. This is and- when, are they following each other? God, the, oh, oh, God. the amount of stories I've written about people unfollowing each other, it is, and it becomes headline. That's crazy. Yeah. So very scary. It is. <laughs> it also this makes me question my job sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> well, then what, what is media training? Like what goes into media training yeah. from your understanding? So if media training is just knowing how to respond to a question, mm-hmm. you know, it's how to deflect, it's how to um, to answer a question without maybe even answering a question. Mm-hmm. It's being able to be succinct in your answers, which I'm terrible at, as you can imagine. Um, <laughs> but as you guys can hear. Um, but it is, it's really about also knowing what to expect. Mm-hmm. So you'll actually find, particularly with reality TV, you'll actually find that a lot of the previous year's cast members will become friends with you and yeah. they'll give you advice because yeah. there's nothing that can prepare you for the onslaught of being digging up. There's nothing that can prepare you for any of that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So that media training doesn't really happen. I know that there's a lot of, um, I'm I'm very big on mental health. I know that they've got a lot of mental health facilities um, available to them. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, resources rather. They've got a lot of those resources available to them, which is great. But in terms of media training, they literally like, okay, you're going to go do an interview with Anita from Media Week right Mm -hmm. now. And you've never done one before. So, you know, I've had 
I've had gorgeous below deck girls reading off. They I had to send questions in, which by the way I hate doing. I hate. I'm, I'm very last minute when I do my questions. Like, <laughs> don't ask me to prepare them. Um, anyone listening, <laughs> please. Um, but you sometimes you have to send in prepared questions, and she was reading off a script. Yeah. Because she she didn't want to say the wrong thing. Yeah. You know, so media training is really about just knowing how to answer. You'll have people like Andy Lee, who I interviewed the other day, and I was kind of touching on this before we started mm-hmm. recording, is like, love him, legend, so much fun, great banter, really good. He knows what he's doing mm. because he's in the media, he's done it for so long, he's interviewed people and also his answers, he can just, he could probably, you know, close his eyes and fall asleep and still say it. Yeah. And say it right. Yeah. That's it's really interesting because I don't think a lot of people like well especially reality stars but like a lot of people actually don't get told that media training is uh, an important thing. They don't really offer it. No, that I know of. I mean, you could go looking and like do it yourself. Yeah, but it's kind of it's yeah it's this weird thing with our industry where they're like yes we offer mental health support Mm -hmm. but then they also like you are left to your own devices to try and figure things out yeah of your own accord these big shows always have publicists so they've got team Mm -hmm. publicists they've got production team publicists and they also have show publicists Mm -hmm. the publicists are there to guide you but they're not necessarily always gonna be able to help you field those questions they can actually say don't ask about this you know when you get to big level celebrities you know I'll never forget um Lily Rose Depp I interviewed her and it was around the time that Johnny Depp was going through his case (laughs) and um I was just excited to interview Lily because we have the same birthday so that was like real exciting for me I know that was my end we were She's like, we're going Gemini sisters. She's gorgeous. She's gorgeous. <laughs> I'm a but, Sagittarius, so we're uh, the North Node, South oh, Node. Oh, there we go. Oh, my God. Yeah. She really is into her astrology. <laughs> I love it. Um, but with Lily, it was like before we got into that room, that Zoom room, mm-hmm. it was, Anita, we're just going to put you into another Zoom room for the moment. We just need to, to have a chat with you. Put us into another room and they said, just a reminder, no questions about Johnny Depp. Yeah. And then they put you into another thing. So there are there are safeguards. Yeah. You know, there will be people, do not ask this, they won't answer that. Yeah. It's more higher level that they'll say don't answer. Mm-hmm. Um, I do know a, a couple of Australian celebrities, they won't answer certain questions about certain things, but you get to know that. Yeah. Um, but reality stars coming off a reality TV show straight away, they're just thrown to the wolves most of the time because yeah. it's great content. Yeah, it's fun to watch them fail. Yeah. Which is awful. It's also great to watch them succeed, though. Yes. (laughs) The positive spin on that one. You're welcome. But journalist. (laughs) Make it positive or negative. (laughs) Or neutral. (laughs) But it is. It's... You, you're very much about, you know, it, they really, celebrities, you you kind of know when you've been in the industry long enough who you can kind of get a, a question out of, you, yeah. sorry, who can get a good answer out of. You can also know, you know, for me morally, I'm the type of person that hates asking really, really personal questions. Really? And I'll never forget one of my editors at an old job, she asked me to ask uh, a, a reality star, actually, a big Australian celebrity if he was going to have any more kids. (laughs) I did not want to ask that question. Mm. I felt in my gut that it was wrong Mm -hmm. and I just would never ask anyone about their, their, if they're having any more children. Yeah. She made me ask him. I asked him and he went off at me. Oh, really? Yeah. So, and he was like, you know, that is not a question you should be asking, you know, and, like I, I won't go into it too much because I'll probably give it away and I don't want to give it away. But it's it's it was just one of those defining moments in my career where I went, you know what, I can ask personal questions in a really clever way. I don't have to and they can divulge the information to me if they want to. Yeah. Um, but I'm never going to directly ask them a question. Mm-hmm. I mean, on my old podcast I had Mark Billy Billingham from SAS Australia. Mm-hmm. Love that man. He is the most insanely passionate, gorgeous human. And Mark, um, I was curious about questions that he had been asked about in the army. Mm. So rather than saying to him something specific about anything that he'd done in the army, I asked this. I said, Mark, what's one question that you hate being asked? (laughs) And he literally said, 
how many people have I killed? Oh, what a powerful thing. Yeah. And then he's like, people come up to me and ask that all the time. So he divulged the information. Yeah. So there is a way to get information, but in a respectful and um, a comfortable way. Whenever you're doing an interview, you've got to make the other person comfortable. I always yeah. make them laugh. I always find an in. Mm-hmm. You know, I always find an in, like if I know them, if I've met somebody's sister, like if, <laughs> if I know if I've interviewed so-and-so, if I've, you know, if I've partied with so-and-so, whatever, back in my heyday, you know, like you've just got to make them comfortable. Yeah. Well, I'm curious about the podcasts that you've had yeah. in the past. So obviously podcasting is quite different to like a journalistic yeah. interview where you do have to plan the questions. Yeah. So how did you find those two things different? How did you find podcasting being able to just literally sit down and go have a conversation rather than it being so structured? So podcasting is really interesting for me. Um, I had a podcast called The Good Chat and I have a new one coming out uh, mm. very soon. Mm-hmm. And the difference is I found it a little bit tricky. The reason I found it tricky is because a lot of the time with podca- with interviews for journalism, you have mm-hmm. 10 minutes. You've got 10 minutes mm-hmm. to get the best out of them. Yeah. And you, you, you've got to build that rapport. You've got to get the good questions, get the good, good answers, and then off you go. Mm-hmm. With a podcast, it's like you're doing now. You're sitting there having a conversation. Sometimes if the talent is great on television but they're not great as an interviewer, yeah, yeah. it's very, very hard because you still have to have, you know, the questions there. Yeah. And also a lot of the time, particularly for the interviews that I was doing, you have publicists who are actually controlling those interviews. So I had Michelle Bridges and she was talking about Share the Dignity. And one thing that was really interesting about that was I had to talk about her ambassadorship for Share the Dignity yeah. as well as ask her personal questions. Yeah. So you've got to weave in those questions that you have to ask because yeah. that's how you got the interview in the first place mm-hmm. and then you've got to weave in the more personal questions, yeah. which kind of works because when you're doing a long-form interview or you're doing an interview that lasts longer than 15 minutes, mm-hmm. you actually want them to be more comfortable so you ask mm. them kind of the questions. I call them the boring questions, sorry, everybody, <laughs> but I kind of do. The, the questions that you have to ask, you yeah. know, oh, you know, what? was it like getting that role or you know um how did it feel when you got that phone call for this role you know what's similar to you and this person in that role Mm. whatever and then you can start going okay in your experience in high school who shaped your life Mm. you know there's really like you can it actually eases them into it and if you start to build that rapport that's great yeah but 30 minutes sometimes is just too quick. It is. Mm. And I very, I don't think I've ever done a 30 minute podcast. It's very hard. It's really hard because <laughs> we've just done 30 minutes and I don't feel like we've, like we've, we've just said anything. Kind of, I know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's just like, I find that with podcasting as well, when people are giving you an answer of the boring questions, mm. um, you've got to have them though. That's, that's, you do. you do. And they generally, because you, if you do have that allotted time of half an hour to an hour, they know that they don't have to be so succinct Absolutely. and they will give you something that you can then jump off Absolutely. of. And it's like, um, it's the thing with being a podcaster and like anyone that comes to me and is like, oh, you know, I'm going to start a podcast. How do I do it? And I'm happy to tell you. But like one of the things that you really can't teach is that listening skill mm-hmm. and like being able to continue a conversation on even if someone's not giving you a lot or even if someone is giving you so much and yeah. you have to keep up and go, oh, I was going to jump on that, but now they've continued yep. talking. It's not relevant anymore, which one, as well as listening. Yeah. And it's really difficult. A lot of people listen to themselves over listening or they think about what they're about to say yeah. next rather than listening. Yeah. A great interviewer will do exactly that. Mm. They will literally listen to what the other person is saying and then they will respond mm. and they will ask another question from that. Yeah. So even when I do 10-minute interviews with for as part of being a journalist, yeah. Sometimes you go in there going, 
you know, often you will have watched a show and then it's an exit interview or whatever and you'll know what to ask them. But sometimes they'll say something. You know, let's take The Bachelors for an example. Mm -hmm. You've got all the girls in a house and one of them is she's exited and she talks about so-and-so and and then she goes, oh, you know, so-and-so was snoring. (laughs) And then, like, truly this has actually happened before. (laughs) I'm actually reliving an interview that I did with Danny Harris-Wolf. I'll never forget it. I know. Oh, my God. He was on Ali Ochin's season of The Bachelor and, mm. and I'll never forget and he said something about the living situations. Yeah. People love that stuff, the yeah. behind-the-scenes stuff. And then we got out of him that Jamie, oh, no, sorry, it was Andrew Kent's season. We found out that Jamie Doran was a, would talk in his sleep and that he would talk about the show in his sleep. That could be a podcast. <laughs> right? I'm going to be so scared for anyone to listen to my sleep talking about my water. Apparently I snore like a freight train. I don't know. Oh, my God. I know. We but could not sleep in the same no. bed. I hate snorers. <laughs> Lucky we're not going to. We'll get separate rooms. It's yeah. fine. <laughs> we're going to live in our mansion together. It's fine. Um, but, yeah, it's in. but that's how you, you delve into it. Yeah. Always kind of going with the fluidity mm-hmm. but always having that listening skill to kind of, if something piques your interest, I'm telling you it's going to pique somebody else's. Yeah. I'll never forget, actually, um, producer Cam, mm-hmm. I was doing an interview with Whippa and um, I've never forgotten it and Cam was listening back to it and he goes, why don't you ask why Whippa and his wife sleep in separate beds? <laughs> and I was like, I just thought everybody knew. But now, like two years later, it's come out that, Whipper spoke about it on air yeah. and then it became a story and every outlet run it, ran it. And I was like, oh, my God, he said that and I never picked up on it. Oh, that's so, so interesting. So it's little tidbits like that yeah. that people are really like, I'm sure Whipper won't mind. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's little tidbits like that, you know, yeah. but you get that from listening. Definitely. And I think like as well, you can't beat yourself up about not picking up on every single no. thing. Otherwise, we'd be here for a day. No. Nah talking absolutely so it's like you just take the wins with like oh great like that part of the interview was great and you kind of move on from the bits where you're like oh I really wish we spoke about this especially with podcasting because like you do you don't want it to be so long that people are like I don't want to listen to that they're tuning out to best friends talking yeah exactly right (laughs) People are tuning in. <laughs> That's what I meant. I mean, just like when we start getting excited. <laughs> yes. I'm like, you like astrology? Me too. Oh, oh my, oh my God. God. <laughs> well, I want to, are we able to talk about kind of being a psychic in terms of listening? Yeah, of Is course that okay? you can. I just like, I don't, I don't ever want to be like, can we talk about of that? Of course like, you can. No. Look, it's a big part of my life, but I, I don't, yeah. Don't hide it. It is on Google, so... <laughs> It's, it's not a secret. She it's told not me. Not a secret. I am a psychic. Yeah. Yes. So, well, first off, with the psychic stuff, how did you realize that you had psychic abilities? Okay. So, <laughs> I've always been very, very like in tune um, with. I'm very empath. I'm going to say that again. Mm-hmm. I've always been very sensitive. Always been in tune with other people's emotions. Uh, since I was a baby, mm-hmm. um, very, very much about if somebody, if I can feel somebody else being some way, I'll probably mimic it, yeah. that kind of thing. Um, I did at one point when I was a baby, a couple of points, I would look up at my out of my cot and I would <laughs> giggle at things that weren't there mm-hmm. necessarily um, and really scared mum. And, um, <laughs> and it wasn't until I was about 18 years old that I had a couple of um, experiences with a couple of different celebrities. Well, two were celebrities and one was a guy I went to high school with and they, they all passed away. And I can actually pinpoint each person that passed away um, when I looked at them in the eye and I never had any other contact with them. And when wow. I was about 18 years old, I started getting dreams, having dreams. I started having kind of um, visions of these men um, being around me, telling me things, showing me things, and I'd never had conversations with any of them. Mm. Um, And so I was like, oh, that's really bizarre. And then one day I was folding laundry 
um, which is a rare feat for me, so that's why I remember it. Um, <laughs> starting laundry and didn't have the internet open, didn't have my phone open, was listening to music, and all I remember was Lamar, uh, sorry, Chloe Kardashian dropping to her knees and crying. The only way I can describe it, it was like if you think of a memory, think of how you see a memory. Yeah, yeah. that's what I get in my brain. Yeah, um, in my third eye, and um, I saw Chloe Kardashian drop to her knees sobbing her eyes out and I turned on the news and Lamar Odom had gone into a coma. Oh, my God. So I then went and was opened. Um, I had a mentor and was opened up to it. And I did a lot of readings for many years. I've had over, you know, 500, 600 clients, I'd say, all word of mouth. I didn't really, um, it's funny, it found me on Google because I, I didn't really advertise. It was mm -hmm. all word of mouth. Um but I haven't really been doing readings in the last year for mm. personal reason, reasons, but I'm pretty open all the time. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm very predictive. Um, I also can speak to people who have passed away, so I'm a psychic medium. Mm -hmm. um, one thing that I will say, and this is not a trick that I use because it's it's not a trick, it's, it's just something that I have and it's very special, mm -hmm. um, is that when I am interviewing people, I often go more down the route of a little bit more of a an empathy kind of route or I, I kind of get put questions into my brain. I always say in my brain but it's my third eye. I always mm. get questions put in there that I must ask. Mm -hmm. So I'll be talking about something and all of a sudden I'll just think about it and ask and then that's the, that's that will be the, the hook mm. um, because it's, it just means that I've got you know, that information. I have read for a lot of celebrities after interviews. Mm -hmm. um, never have I, the amount of things that I know about some of Australia's biggest reality stars after doing readings for them and nobody knows because when I do readings, it's completely separate to what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a great, it's a great thing that I have. Um, I feel like there's not a time and place for it right now. Mm -hmm. I do feel like there are, there are benefits to it, but right this second I'm focusing on my entertainment journalism career and I mm. and I want to be separated from that. Yeah. Um, but I think it goes ebbs and flows. You know, I'll probably be like a 70-year-old grandma sitting in my <laughs> sitting in my house and doing readings for celebrities. Like who knows, you yeah. know? But right now it's like that was that's kind of a part of my life where I help people if they really, really need it. I'll, I'll never, you know, not help someone. And if something will come in front of me, I will always give them a reading or help mm -hmm. them in some way. But yeah, it's, it's not really something that I use in everyday life much anymore. Yeah. It's interesting that when you had that experience, your impulse was to go, okay, who can teach me about this? Yes. Because I think a lot of people, when they have experiences like that, mm. um, can go, oh, like, and there's a lot of questioning with this sort of stuff. And I don't know, like, whether people are listening, believe in this or not. It doesn't matter to me. No. <laughs> it doesn't matter if you do or you don't. But it doesn't matter if you are a skeptic either. It's just about being open-minded. Yeah, And knowing exactly. that there's, there might be something out there. Yeah. Yeah. What? So what made you want to learn more and learn to harness this thing that you were like, I think I have this thing? The thing is, is that I've always... Based on my upbringing and based on my anxieties, <laughs> here's my trauma, guys. Um, based on all of that, it, it's really been about um, me never wanting to live in the present. Okay. Interesting. So I've always wanted to live in the future. I've always needed to know what's happening. I always want to know. I yeah. must know what the outcome of something's going to be. It yeah. is torturous. It is awful. And I do not recommend anyone living in fear like that. Mm -hmm. um, but I... I remember kind of going to psychics all the time, mm -hmm. all the time, and them saying to me, you've got this gift. I don't call it a gift. I call it a gift for you, not for me, <laughs> um, because it's it's about giving you the gift of, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and they used to say to me, you're, you're a psychic, you're a psychic, you're a medium, you're a medium, you've got this, you've got that. And I'd be like, you say that to everybody. <laughs> but it wasn't until that Khloe Kardashian experience when I was like, oh, man, I can actually do this. Mm. And then I and then I did. I just got a mentor and she opened me up. And um, when I say opened me up, she just taught me how to read, but it wasn't really about that. It's about getting the confidence. Here's that word confidence again. It's about yeah. getting confidence to trust in your abilities. John Edwards, the psychic medium, I interviewed him once. I always say this, everyone I interview, 
comes to me for a reason. No matter what I'm, if I'm being a psychic, if I'm being a journalist, it always happens for a reason. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you never know what the reason is. Mm -hmm. John Edwards, I remember a press release came across my desk and I just emailed them straight back and I said, I want to interview him. Mm -hmm. And I remember John was standing in front of me and he was so grumpy and I was devastated. And I said to him, John, do you know why? I wanted to interview you today. And he goes, oh, what is it, your birthday or something? And I said, no, actually, I'm a psychic medium. And I'll never forget when I'm standing in front of arguably one of the world's most famous psychics Mm. who started psychics on television. Mm. And I'll never forget, I was talking to him and interviewing him and he was warming up to me. I Mm. just think he's just you know, he's the type of person that you need to warm up a little bit, which which happens. Yeah. And I'll never forget him saying to me, did you just get a message? And I said, how do you know? And he said, because you just cocked your head to the left. And I said, yeah. Mm-hmm. And he said, tell me. And I told him that he, actually, I probably can't say because it's probably still in production, so I'm not going to say it, but I told him something. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> I told him something, COVID, COVID derailed it, but it, it could still be happening so he'd kill me. But um, <laughs> I told him something and he looked at me and he just perked up, finished the interview, he pulled me outside and he said no one else is to come. There was publicists in there and all that kind of stuff. No, he pulled me outside and he said no one, I've got goosebumps in thinking about it, he said no one has ever read me like you have. He said if you get anything else I want you to tell me. Wow. He said no one's picked up on that. No, like my, we've got family who are psychic friends, whatever, not one person's picked up on that. And I was like, <laughs> okay, so maybe I can do this. Yeah. <laughs> and it was that confidence that mm. made me then get clients and then. You know, if if I can bring this back to the entertainment industry yes, in please. some way, <laughs> like, you know, what you just said is like people are going to think I'm crazy that I believe this, but blah, blah, blah. Don't like, I think especially with actors, but lots of people in the film and television Mm. industry, people are going to think you're crazy for believing because there is something like I feel it in me that there is something that is like, you are meant to do this right now, so keep going. Absolutely. Do you know what I mean? It's about, you know, taking a role that, you know, my mum always says it's the last thing that before you give up that makes you successful. You know, it's the just one more go or just, you know, the sliding doors moments Mm -hmm. that will will be your big break Mm -hmm. or, you know, even in my job, in my career, you know, I've had a tough I've had a tough year yeah. and um, I now have an opportunity that I never in my wildest dreams would have thought that I would land. Mm. I, I never, ever thought to go into Media Week. I never thought trade publication but the offer, the offer was given to me and um, I'm now creating a brand new website from all the experience that I've had, podcasting, creative, video, all of that kind of stuff is all going to be rolled into one in terms of and creating a website. Like, mm. you know, you just never know where you're going to go. But one thing I I will say, whether you're a sceptic, and I absolutely welcome all sceptics um, because it's just a way to have a conversation, isn't mm-hmm. it? It's always, you know, wonderful to have a conversation and to hear other people's points of view. But, you know, anything I say, the, the thing I will say to, to people is just trust your gut mm. and also just trust that what's meant for you will not pass you by. Yes, hundred percent. Absolutely. So no matter how many rejections you get as an actor, no matter how many jobs you do, like me, I can, I probably have had over 50 jobs in my lifetime. Mm -hmm. I'm not even joking, but it's all led me to where I am now. Mm. And that is the most important thing. You've just got to just trust that you're going to be protected by whoever it is that you believe in Mm -hmm. Um, and trust in yourself as well. It's just going back to that confidence. Confidence is key and just knowing that you're going to, you're going to be okay. Mm. You know, life will throw you the biggest of curveballs. And believe me, I have had those curveballs thrown at me time and time and again. But, you know, there's always light at the end of the tunnel and you just have to have that confidence and you just have to know that whatever is meant for you will not pass you by. Yeah, definitely. That's definitely something that I am constantly telling myself and everyone else around me. Absolutely. Yeah, but I think as well, like, it's so funny. Anytime I see people 
kind of stepping into a newer version of themselves. Yeah. It's always that tower moment beforehand, the chaos. Tower moment. Good girl. (laughs) She knows. I know. She (laughs) knows the tower moment. God, they're awful. Yeah, they are. They're really chaotic. Yeah, it's like, you know, having soulmates. It's like, you know, Mm -hmm. they, they come into your life, they shake it up and then they put you on the path to to, to amazingness, mm. you know, like that is the, those tower moments that we have and I've had them, I've been made redundant in this industry. I've stormed out of jobs in this industry. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you every single time something like that has happened, it has always put me on the path to the, the best thing for me. Mm. Yeah. For me, it's, I, I learn a lot of lessons the hard way, um, which <laughs> it's complicated. <laughs> I call myself the queen of um, the. Sorry, I'm going to say that again. I call myself the agent of chaos. Um, <laughs> wow, it's <laughs> kind of true. Anyone who knows me, um, but it always it always ebbs and flows, and it always yeah. ends up where you're meant to be in life. And I would never have those experiences. You know, I'd never know that I was a psychic. I never know that I don't want to do it anymore. Yeah. I never know that I want to be an entertainment journalist. I want to do TV. I want to do radio. I want to do podcasting. I want to do all of that. Yeah. But you know what? Yes, I'm 36, but I probably wasn't ready before. So mm-hmm. all of those experiences have led to me to where I am now. And I think yes. that's having those tower moments have given me that confidence. A hundred percent. And I I can definitely relate to that as an actor, watching, mm. you know, people in my 20s being like, I want to be on that TV show doing yeah. that thing. And now that I've gotten to where I am now, I'm like, oh, my God, thank God that I didn't make it in quotations oh my when God. I was that age because I was an idiot. You're an idiot. Yep. No, <laughs> you know? and they're not all idiots. That's- no, they're not, but I was. <laughs> I was definitely an idiot. I would have said some shit. On my Instagram that like. Totes, that would have cancelled you? Yeah. 100%. Definitely. Because I was, I just didn't, like I wasn't at the point where I'm supposed to go into what it is that I want yeah. to do. You know, now I can't, I know who I am. I know what yeah. I want and I know that I deserve it, which yeah. is really important. Whereas beforehand, I didn't know any of yeah. those things. And so you go, thank God it wasn't you go, then. Thank God it wasn't then. Thank God I didn't. You know, I've found, and and this is this is true, a lot of the places that I have left, you know, I've found that either folded afterwards or they had a massive restructure or mm. it wasn't what I wanted anyway. Yeah. And so that's those moments when you, if you get rejected or if you get put, you know, if you feel like you're down and you're like you can't get up. I've had many of those moments where I just do not want to get out of bed. Yeah. It it is it is worth it because you you just never know what's around the corner. You yeah. never know what the next opportunity will bring. You never know the next person that you network with what they're going to give you. Mm-hmm. You never ever ever know. 100%. And it's so important that you just you just decide, you know, this is your path, this is where you want to go mm-hmm. and let the rest kind of take care of itself because you never know what that path's going to look like. Yeah. And the path to success is never, never easy. I mean, I'm nowhere near where I want to be in life, but I'm, mm-hmm. I feel like I'm finally over the, the, I'm at the top of the mountain, you know, because yeah. I know I'm almost over yeah. where I need to be. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Well, we do have to wrap up. No. I know. I know. It's because I waffle. I'm sorry. No, it's not. It's not. It's because, you know, podcasts, they just never go for long enough. I know. I know. We've got to do like part two, part three, part four. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) When are you Anytime. Anytime, guys. I'm going to be a serious regular. (laughs) Well, Anita, thank you for joining me on the podcast today. I really appreciate your time that you've given me. Um, and I hopefully, I know we will because you'll DM me, <laughs> that we'll talk to you what soon. What already happened? What are you talking about? It's already happened. <laughs> She's no. a psychic who can control Instagram DMs. <laughs> I can't. I cannot read minds. Contrary to what a lot of people think, I cannot read minds. Thank you so much. This has been an absolute joy, honestly. I'm so glad. Thank you for being here. Thank you. Thank you.